It's great having Super Sunday today, eh? And we've got all the kids having an absolute blast. Kids' church was not like that when I was little. Oh, my goodness. I think, you know, some of us grew up in an era where we thought if we went to heaven early, we were all going to do is color in, and that was all. Um, But the kids are having a blast today. Um, Make sure you check in with them and find out what happened this morning. They'll have so much to tell you. Um, And also just make sure you say a thank you to the team. We've got incredible teams, and they just love serving your kids, but they put so much effort into it. And it is absolutely phenomenal. But a special welcome to you this morning if you are new. Well, today, Daryl is speaking in Christchurch. He's in Christchurch, Elam this morning. And they have three campuses down there. So he's having a fantastic time, but they only have one service. So I think he's getting off scot-free, really, only having to preach once. Um, But anyway, he's down there this morning. But today, we are doing part two of our Christmas series. And today, we're looking at the real joy of Christmas, the real joy of Christmas, and how the real joy of Christmas can change your life and change my life every day. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for every single person here, every marriage, every business, every person represented here, every family. God, I pray this morning that you just cause your word to speak to us, filter it, cause it to land exactly where you want it to, Lord God. Let everything fall away that is not from you, but let us grasp from fresh manna this morning directly from you and from your word, your precious word. Lord God, I pray for the anointing of joy. Lord God, will be topped up this morning as we speak about your joy and about your peace as we journey up to Christmas. In your precious name, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to read straight from the scripture first. Um, can I encourage you, if you um, have a Bible, to bring your Bible along to church? I mean, I know that modern technology is great, but you know, there's nothing quite like a brick and mortar Bible that you can write in and take notes on. You are allowed to write in your Bible. You know that. It's not against the law. Um, And if you don't have a Bible, we have supplied one for you. There's two barrels there, and help yourself. It's our gift to you. You don't have to pay for them. Just take a Bible. Anyway, moving along. Luke 2, 1 to 14. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born." She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly, she wrapped him up snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. I don't blame them personally. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy, great joy to all people. 
the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly, I like that, in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. May God anoint his word this morning. Have you ever received the most amazing news like Whoa, news that kind of like took your breath away. It was so exciting. It was so overwhelming. Have you received news like that? Like, that's like, oh my goodness, I'm literally lost for words. Well, one of those moments for me was on July the 26th, 1996. It was the birth of our first child, Bailey. You will see her dressed as an elf down the kids' alley this morning. (laughs) It was an experience that was absolutely overwhelming. I was so happy. You see, when the doctor said, it's a girl, it changed everything in our world because we weren't expecting a girl. I mean, I, I mean I've been a nurse for like 27 years. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance. And for some reason, I had decided that we were having a boy. I mean, I had nothing to go on other than the fact that I am one of three. I'm one girl of three, so I have two brothers. And Daryl has three brothers. So I thought that the odds of this being a girl... But yet, scientifically, it really is 50-50, isn't it? But I was adamant I was having a boy. Daryl was ecstatic and excited as well, and he went out to the waiting room to tell all of our whanau that were waiting there. And he was, oh, you know Daryl by now, he was bawling his eyes out. (laughs) You can imagine that, eh? Because you have that hair quite often. Anyway, he was bawling his eyes out, and he was not able to talk much. And so, Alf, everyone thought something had gone terribly wrong. They were like, oh, oh. When he said it was a girl, they were like, what? Oh, my goodness. Like, it was like overjoyous. And everyone was so astounded. Just for those of you that are new, we actually proceeded to have another two girls. And we are a house of girls. No boys. How wrong was I with the stats? Anyway, in life, now there's news and there's news, isn't there? And the reality is we live in a society of information overload. So much information, you know, like billboards and radio and phone and, oh my goodness, there's information coming at us from every direction. And we can be bombarded with information. But I think what actually can happen with so much information coming at us, I don't know if you find this, but I find this, is that we can actually become immune to the good news amongst that. Have you found that? You can actually miss the good stuff that's in that, the stuff where people are being blessed. There's a domino effect that's amazing on a family or a business or a country, or we can actually become immune and not even hear it anymore. We can miss the good news and the power of good news. Luke 2, 11 to 14 said, For unto you is born this day in the, in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Amen. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothing and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with 
the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Do you know peace? Peace is a beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit. We give our hearts to Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our life. Peace is an outworking of that. How good is God? Peace. And I believe that there's three relationships, not just leading up to Christmas, but all the time, that I believe God wants you to enjoy peace in. And the first relationship is peace with God. Peace with God. The most basic need we have is peace with God, is it not? This remains in turmoil until we have peace with God. It's foundational to all of our pursuits of peace. If we don't go here first, peace with God, then everything else is superficial and temporary. Peace with God is crucial, and we do this by faith alone. We do this by faith alone not by works, not by tradition, not by being religious and coming to church and ticking the box. It's not going to get you peace. Not by working harder. It's not going to get you peace. It's peace with God, by believing in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's what brings you peace, real peace. You see, when Jesus died on the cross... We beautifully got reunited with Christ. We were, were able to, because of what Jesus did on the cross and he died for my sin and for your sin, it means we can enter into his presence. When we say we honor you, Lord, and we love you, Lord, God doesn't see our sin anymore. We're justified and we're righteous before him. What an incredible gift. What an incredible privilege to be in relationship with God The result of our faith, our trust in Jesus, is peace with God. The second relationship that I believe God wants you to have is peace with ourselves. Now, that's difficult too. Peace with ourselves. Can I tell you today that the opposite of anxiety is peace? How often do we all feel anxious every day, every week? The opposite of anxiety is peace. The reality is that our hearts and our minds are under attack. See, the truth is that our carnal minds, they took a blow at the cross. But our carnal minds want to keep, our carnal meaning our human minds, they want to keep having a say. Because our human side knows the more it can talk, the less Holy Spirit we can hear, but the more Holy Spirit we hear, the less of this worldly stuff gets in the way. Guilt, worries, threats, confusion, they all threaten our peace, eh? This stuff, it all threatens our peace. But God wants to guard your heart. He promises to guard our hearts and minds with his peace in a way that goes beyond human understanding. It's not a formula. It goes beyond human understanding. The third relationship I believe that God wants us to have is relationship, is peace with others. 
peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. God wants us to enjoy his peace in our relationship with other people. And for many of us, I don't know about you, but this time of year we can get together with family for Christmas and there's some awkward and there's some painful memories. Some of the pain is old and some of the pain is quite new. Some of the wounds are quite new. And in some cases, you're actually still baffled as to what even happened and why there's a rift there. But can I encourage you today to continue to trust the promises of God, the promises of God, which are a yes and amen, and in doing so, also stand on humble ground. (laughs) Because he was very generous to us, and he forgave us. And that forgiveness is also available in equal portion to them. Amen. God, self, and others. Three relationships in which God wants you and I to enjoy his gift of peace. And we all want that, don't we? We all want peace, yeah? Oh, you're so convincing. We all want peace, don't we? Yes. Thank you, a few of you do. (laughs) Maybe the rest of you are completely at peace all the time. That's wonderful. I should come chat to you. But how do we enter into this piece? Like, how do we do this? I've got three thoughts for you today. The first is to find peace this Christmas is to remember the promise. Remember the promise. I think it's good to remember and reflect. I really do. And in my top drawer at home, I have an envelope with letters from the past 30 years or more. They are prophetic words that I have received along the journey of life from people that have encouraged me encouraged me and helped me as I've discovered God's plan for my life. It's good to look at that. Every now and then I take a look through those letters and remind myself what God has spoken to me about. Some things have become a reality and some things are still to come, I believe, in Jesus' name. This Christmas I want to remind you that Jesus was not a surprise. He was a promise. He was a promise that had been written about, documented about, spoken about. See, 700 years before Jesus came, the prophet Isaiah prophesied through that a virgin would give birth to a son and she was to call him Jesus. Tick. Micah prophesied that the Savior would be born in a small town called Bethlehem. Tick. Then Jeremiah prophesied that the king would come from David's family. Tick. These prophecies in the Bible show us that God is truly faithful to every one of his promises, to the smallest of details. He's, he has a flawless track record. He is flawless in his delivery of his promises. Everything he said he would do, he'll, go, he'll do it. He will do it. And in the same way, remember that his promises for you today are that he loves you conditionally. You're not alone. You're not alone. He has an eternal home for you. God made you with a purpose in mind. You are who the Bible says you are. That's a biggie. You are who the Bible says you are. God hears your prayers. Yes, he does. 
don't you be thinking he doesn't, because he does. He hears your prayers, and his plans for you are good, to prosper you, not to harm you. I believe this Christmas that he has promised you peace. He's promised you peace. You need to remember the promise. You need to remember the promise. The other way to find peace this Christmas is to expect the promise. We need to remember it, and then we expect it. They say that there's, in this world, three things that we can all expect to happen in our lives. Our birth, our death, and that we all have to pay taxes. That's about it. (laughs) The angel said to the shepherds that they will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. That's what they expected to see. That's what they were searching for. The wise men followed a bright star, but the shepherds, well, they had to find where Jesus was themselves. All they went on was what the angel had said to them. And When they found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, it was just how the angel had said it would be. How cool is that? They knew it was Jesus because they had an expectation of what they would find. Baby wrapped, snuggled in cloth, lying in a manger. Now, I know that I have some fellow girlfriends out here that do the same thing. God is good. But often we go to the shopping mall and it's very busy, like there's no car parks anywhere. And Denise... Asked Dad for a car park. I know that sounds trivial, but I ask God about everything. So it's not just the me stuff, it's everything. And I, as we drive into the car park, and there's no sign of car parks anywhere, I say, thank you, Jesus, for a car park. You're awesome. And every time a coconut. Every time... There's a park. Can I see a sign of hands? How many do this? Ah, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Daryl looks at me like, I knew I had friends out there that do the same thing. If you don't, you need to try it. Ask, expect. And that's it. I pray before I even see the promise. I know I'm just using this as an analogy, but I, I pray expecting And then I look for it, like it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. It's my posture before God. His promise. He's he's actually, he has a flawless track record. Except for the days when I need a little exercise. I still get a park, but it might be a little further than one anticipated. (laughs) This Christmas, when things get awkward or desperate for you, because they do, eh? That's true. That's what happens. You're not sure what to do. Can I ask you to pray expecting God to do something and then look for it? Wait for it. Search for it. You need to trust his character. And this morning, if you don't know his character, you need to get to know him. He wrote a whole book so that you get to know the author. Like I say, if you don't have one, please take one. 
You cannot do this journey without the Word of God. It is living and active. This Christmas season, can I ask you to be bold and be brave, to remember to expect and then sit on the edge of your seat waiting for what God will do. Expecting God to move in your life. The real joy this Christmas is that you will discover his peace when you expect the promises to come. And the third thought this morning is to find peace this Christmas is to live in the promise. Now, Daryl, my incredible husband, has a 1987 All Blacks jersey with the number seven on it. After Michael Jones, the great, one of the greatest number sevens that ever played. And every time my husband puts this jersey on, he acts like an All Black. When he's wearing this jersey, might be mowing the lawns, but you know, when he's wearing this jersey, in his mind, he can play rugby like Michael Jones. He can score tries, he can make big tackles, and he can run super fast, just like Michael Jones. <laughs> to live in the promise of God is to walk by faith every day, trusting and believing, loving and depending on God. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to sing it. Every time I choose faith in God, it makes me feel like I can do anything. Amen? Like when I choose faith over fear. Or when I choose faith over failure. The times when I choose faith for my future, when I choose faith in my friends or faith in my family, when I put on faith, it all changes. It means I don't have to worry. It means I don't have to be anxious. The opposite of peace, remember? It means I can find peace because I've given everything and everyone to God. So when we feel defeated, he says to be strong and courageous. This is in that book I was talking about, where you can trust his character. He says, be strong and courageous. When we feel lost, he says, I will always be with you. When you feel like you're worn out, you're exhausted, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary, walk with me. Let me show you how to do it. Beautiful rhythms of grace I have for you. When you feel broken, he says, I am the God who heals you. Not everyone else. Instead of you, I am the God who heals you. And when you don't know who you are, he says, you are the apple of my eye. I made you with a purpose. You have a plan, and it's stunning. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith not by sight. This Christmas season, choose to walk by faith. Come on, get on the end of your seat. Expect to see God do something incredible. When you're looking, you'll see it every day. The fact that we get up and get to breathe again, 
You know, my nana, I think I've told you this, but I'll keep telling you because it's amazing. She used to say to me in her 90s, Denise, every breath and every heartbeat is divine. Isn't that true? We only get another one because he gives it to us. Every day, there's something new to be discovered in him. The good news is that Christ came to bring us great joy. The team can come up now. That would be great. Luke 2.10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Elam Christian Center Pukekohe. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And this Christmas, Jesus came to give us peace, a peace that is built on a solid foundation, a peace that passes all understanding because it doesn't make any sense to the world, a peace that is unshakable. Verse 14 says, And the heavenly host sang, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. There's power in this good news. And there's power in this good news to change your life and the lives of those around you and this world. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your generosity. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. And Lord God, I just pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, will you fill this place with your peace? Would you fill every heart and every mind right now in the precious name of Jesus and in the precious blood of Jesus with your joy? Joy overflowing, Lord God. Peace, peace like a river. Peace overflowing, Lord God. Regardless of what the world would dictate, Lord God, I pray that you would cause your heart to to just meet with every single person here this morning and bring them peace. God, may they encounter you personally right now in this moment. God, peace. Peace over finances. I speak peace. Peace to weary hearts, I speak peace. Peace to relationships, peace. Peace to bodies, peace. Peace to futures, homes and jobs. God, just wrap it snugly with your peace this morning, I pray. And just while every eye is still closed and head bowed, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Or perhaps your life is far away from him. This morning I would love to offer a simple invitation to pray for you today. To say yes to Jesus. The truth is that God loves you and he made you. He has a great plan and purpose for your life. But we all sin and we all mess up. And sin separates us from God. But God in his goodness and his grace sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that nothing would separate us. But he took on himself what was due for you and I. And now he extends to every single one of us today his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and a new life and a hope for the future. If that's you here today and you want a relationship with God, you want to say yes to Jesus, then I'd like to invite you to repeat this prayer silently in your heart after me. Pray this. 
God, today, I surrender my life to You. I know I've sinned, but I believe in Jesus and I believe You died for me. I turn from my old life and I turn to You, Father God. Come in and be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new today, I pray. Choose from this day to live for You. In Your precious name, Amen. And one more moment while we're eyes are closed. If you prayed that for the first time this morning, you're coming back to God or you're coming back into God's arms after a long time. Can I get you to do one thing? Can I get you to say, yes, Denise, count me in. And I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to pop your hand up so I know who I'm praying for, who we need to get a pack to this morning. So if that's you this morning, on three, lift your hand so I can see and then you can pop it back down. One, two, three. If you're saying yes to Jesus this morning, awesome, awesome. See that hand? Awesome. So good. 